Okay, let's first get into our posture. Make the posture conducive to meditation. The two things to look out for, comfort and stability. So sit in such a way that you are comfortable and yet you're stable enough that you don't need to consciously hold the posture in place. Check your legs, make sure they're comfortable, they're stable, and you're not consciously holding them in place. Place your hands with the same idea in such a way that they're comfortable and they are stable where you place them. Elbows are not too far nor too close to the body. Shoulders are even, relaxed. Your back naturally straight. Back in place. Mouth, teeth, tongue are resting in their natural places. So the jaws are not too loose nor too tight. The tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. Touching, not pressing. Eyes conducive for you. You can have them opened. You can have them closed or half opened. And already begin to be aware of the sense of ease that is taking over the posture and let your mind rest in that ever-deepening sense of ease. Bring your attention to the breath, not being concerned about forcing the mind to focus on the breath. Have no concerns about controlling the breath. Don't even be don't even worry about whether or not there are distractions or not. Your only concern is are you aware of the breath? And just stay with that awareness. So as you breathe in, know that you are breathing in. As you breathe out, know that you are breathing out. and be concerned with only this awareness. Whatever is not present, do not be concerned with it. Whatever is present other than this awareness, do not be concerned with that. And as you continue to just observe the breath, have a part of your mind, scan the posture. If you need to make adjustments so you can be more comfortable, and have a more stable sense in the posture, then make the adjustments, staying as aware of the breath as you can. Feel the sense of ease getting deeper and deeper. 
and let your mind continue to rest in this ever-deepening sense of ease. Already have a sense of determination of what you are going to accomplish in this very session. Then, after making necessary adjustments, you feel a sense of confidence in the posture. Then, out what you're hearing, what you're remembering, whatever might be a distraction, don't chase them, don't push them. Your only concern is are you aware of the breath? While you're exhaling, do know that you are exhaling. Are you able to follow the exhalation without any expectation of inhalation? And when it naturally transforms to inhalation, are you then aware of inhalation? Are you knowing inhalation with no expectation of exhalation? In this way, let the continuity of your awareness remain unbroken following the cycles of the breath for about 21 cycles. When the continuity is broken, gently bring your mind back to the breath and start the cycle from the, from the beginning.
be mindful of how the sense of ease is now deeper how the breath itself has taken on the quality of this sense of ease and how the mind itself also has taken on the sense of ease and continue to remain in this ever deepening sense of ease Now bring your attention to the space in front of you, about an arm's length distance from you, at the level of your eyebrows, while bringing your attention to that space, invoke the presence of what is for you the means to achieve your goal, your teacher, your guide asking yourself (coughs) what is it that will guarantee you success what is it that when you depend upon it (coughs) is for you an infallible guidance what for you will be your perfect protection and as you think these questions thinking focusing in that space in front of you start to feel the presence of your guide the one who embodies all those qualities the one who answers all those questions with their very being appearing in a form made entirely of light This is your guarantee. This is your infallible guidance. This is your perfect protection. And look within you. And while holding on to the sense of conviction, Show your reverence in your mind, prostrate. Holding on to that sense of conviction, no matter what measure this sense of conviction may be hold on to it now entrust yourself take refuge accept the guarantee accept the infallible guidance accept the protection
holding in your mind that you are in the presence of what is for you the means of achieving what you aspire to achieve. Now show your gratitude in your mind, make offerings, offer things that you own, offer things no one owns like a landscape, sunset, offer things which exist only in your imagination. Now help clear your conscience, then knowing that through the force of habit you may, you have gathered the causes for the obstacles that you're experiencing and you wish no longer to depend on these habits. So you turn again to the teacher, feeling connected to all the three jewels and take refuge seek their protection, their guidance, and their strength. according to your capacity make a promise of restraint thinking of a definite period of time then think of something to do to make up something that has a little bit of difficulty but that you can do Now let's uplift our minds through rejoicing, this way making it more refined. So let your mind take great joy in all measures of goodness, yours and others. Rejoice in whatever effort you have invested so far. Rejoice in the progress that you've witnessed. And especially take great joy for those who have achieved what you are seeking to achieve.
while holding them in such embrace. Turn your mind to your teacher who is in front of you in that bright form and feel thus connected to all enlightened beings. And on behalf of all who are suffering in whatever form they are suffering, beg the teacher to please teach. Teach beings how to truly put an end to their suffering. How to achieve true happiness. In this way, turn the wheel of the Dharma in the world and in the minds of beings. And ask them to stay, to never leave us until we are perfectly free. think about the meditation that you're about to do. We're about to meditate on wisdom and dedicate the power of the merit you've gained so far to help you succeed in your meditation so that you, your understanding may be a bit more profound than before. Again, rehearse the qualities of the teacher, looking at that bright form in front of you, holding on to that sense of conviction that you are indeed in the presence of what is for you the very embodiment of what you aspire to achieve. Again, rehearse, this is the guarantee. If I'm going to reach my goal, there is something that guarantees that I will succeed. And this is it. Find within you whatever measure of conviction you have that you are indeed in such a presence and wishing to be closer to this presence. Bring the teacher now to the crown of your head. Feel this presence now above your head. 
about a palm's length distance above your head this bright form what is for you the guarantee of success your infallible guidance perfect protection Think again about your meditation. And wish to be free of whatever obstacles are preventing you from achieving your goal. Whether they are within your being or seeming to appear in your environment. And whatever it is that you need to help you gain the realizations you seek whether they appear to be environmental or within your own mind or your own being beg the teacher to bless you Feel the blessings bathing you in liquid light. Feel your aspiration to be closer to the teacher gets stronger you get to be so strong now you aspire to become inseparable with the teacher and through the strength of your aspiration you see the teacher also aspires to be inseparable with you through this realization the form of the teacher dissolves into a point of light feel and see this point of light descend through the crown of your head see and feel it reaching merging with your mind at your heart center then lose all sense of identity that you've had before and just focus on the teacher and whatever sense of oneness you're experiencing 
no matter how slight it may be, just hold on to that. Bring your attention back to the breath. Staying aware of the breath. Gently become aware of the body once more. Good evening everyone, welcome. <laughs> uh, so, we are still uh, meditating on doing meditation on wisdom. Uh, so far I've introduced, uh, uh, supposedly there are like five <coughs> mode of reasoning, mode, mode of analysis that are considered to be like the great way of analyzing, the great way of, make, of going through a process of reasoning so we can arrive at what is the true nature of reality. So, th so far we've been going over, uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's called same and different, or, but mostly the popular name for it is uh, one or, and nor many, okay? And either name, 
really has uh, just taken an aspect of the meditation because they both name us somewhat uh, pro- proper for it. Okay. Now, just like uh, when the Buddha is, is uh, when you go when you're reading a sutra and the Buddha is going through the meditation on how to meditate on, on an emptiness on the true nature of reality, it, it takes you from some, some it takes a gross a, gross uh, object. It helps you find, at least intellectually, the lack of uh, uh, inherent existence of that object, and then he goes on to more, more, more and more subtle, more and more subtle objects. Okay, and that's how you end up with the, you know, the category of uh, 108 categories of, of objects for emptiness. Okay. Now, uh, unless you you have uh, have at least some intellectual understanding at, at, at least at the intellectual level some understanding of arriving at emptiness or the true nature of reality with regard to a gross object it will become uh, much more difficult to do the same with a, with a much more subtle object and the reason that you have to go through 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 this is because the mind that is grasping the ignorant mind that is grasping at at, uh, at false understanding or misunderstanding of the true nature of reality, as soon as it let, as soon as it uh, let, lets go of its misunderstanding of one object, then it grasps onto another object as having an, uh, in a misunderstanding uh, with that same misunderstanding. To the point where the mind, when it, when it, when it has exhausted all almost all categories of objects, then it grasps onto emptiness itself the true nature of reality as in a, misun- in a, in a way that is misunderstanding re- reality. So in the, in the language of, of, uh, of, of, the ma- ma- uh, of middle way philosophy, it's a grasping up to self-existence. It takes the masters later on to sort of like explain it to others who are not, who are not so keen to let them know that when the Buddha is referring to self, is referring to the way that ignorance is looking at self, and and when when it, when the Buddha is referring to self, he doesn't uh, just refer to a person as as a self. Self, you could say, is identity. What is that thing that you're that you're looking at that you're experiencing? What is it really? Okay, that's self. Now, it doesn't mean to deny that self. It means to deny that self that ignorance thinks is there. So, to just say no self is equivalent at saying that self that ignorance is holding onto, that ignorance believes to exist, that self does not exist in any way whatsoever. There wasn't a time when it, it existed a little bit, and there's not going to be a time when it's going to exist even a little bit. It never existed, it doesn't exist, it never will exist. But ignorance believes that it exists. Okay? And we have to get to the point to, to do the meditation on wisdom you have uh, remember when you're doing meditation there's looking finding and holding but as far as wisdom is concerned you have to arrive at a conclusion concerning something okay so you could say there are two findings in, in uh, when you're doing meditation on, on wisdom first you have to find the way you think you have to find within you the way that you think reality is okay after you find that, then you analyze it. Then you start looking 
for, for what the conclusion that you believe about it. Okay? And then the, once you arrive at the, uh, at the conclusion of ultimate analysis, then that becomes the object of meditation for wisdom. Then you hold on to that. Okay? So the conclusion that you arrive at, the conclusion that sees na- the true nature of reality, that is your object of, of wisdom meditation. And when your mind holds on to that object of meditation, just by holding on to it, it does a deconstruction. It does, uh, performs, uh, 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 you could say, uh, the transformation starts to take place only at that, at that point. That is, uh, in, a, in, a, in a, what you might experience as a permanent transformation. Okay. But before then, you will experience some sense of transformation as you are approaching the truth. But this sense of transformation is not stable. You cannot rely on it. Because if you stop uh, going towards the truth, this sense of transformation may revert back to what, what it was before. Okay? So, and all the steps before you get to really get into what is the object of wisdom meditation, all the steps before you must do. None of them, uh, you shouldn't consider any of them to be irrelevant. You shouldn't consider them to any one of them to be something to uh, quickly get over. Okay? You must take each one of them with the same seriousness as you are going to have when you actually are directly perceiving the true nature of reality itself. So that passion, that sense of passion for, for, the, for wisdom, must, you must, you must uh, intellectual uh, commodity that, you, that you're going to get. So that when you are in parties, when you're, you know, when you're visiting with friends, you can look smart. Okay? That shouldn't be the, the, the reason. That's, that's not going to be your passion for arriving at wisdom. It's not just being able to quote all the masters who wrote all these wonderful texts. That's not, that's not wisdom. Okay? You have to look at your situation. Look how unsatisfactory it is. And whatever sense of dissatisfaction you have with it, n- know that the only thing that will free you from this sense of that dissatisfaction is to arrive at wisdom. And you can, you can naturally make yourself understand that in a sense of whenever you want something, automatically you feel that there's something I, the reason I don't have it now because there's something I don't know. I need to get to that knowing so I can get what I want. Okay? If you want uh, to end a feeling of hunger, there's something that you don't know. That's why you're hungry now. You have to get food. Okay? So you go and get the food so you can get rid of the hunger. So there's something that you don't know right now, and you need to get to that knowing so you can be free yourself of that condition that you don't want. And when you look at your, your, the way you're existing now, and you uh, uh, passionately don't want to continue to exist in such a way, a way that is limiting, a way where uh, uh, you, you find yourself just immersed in a, in a cycle of causing yourself to suffer, causing others to suffer, and you want to be free uh, of the cycle. And you passionately want the antidote for this. Then, then you have the passion. And this is very necessary just before, you start to, before you even start meditating properly on, 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 uh, on, on empty, uh, emptiness or the true nature of reality. Then this passion itself will become for you uh, the fuel that you need for the path. Because it's not, 
you sit down tonight, you think about what is the true nature of reality, you know, it's my nature of reality, it's not someone else's nature of reality, I have the right to, to know it, so I have the, my mind should better give it to me as soon as I ask for it. It's going to take some time before you actually get there. And as you are spending time trying to, uh, practicing, practicing, trying to get to, to finally get to, to wisdom, you may, you will, not you may, you will encounter situations where your mind starts to get discouraged. Uh, maybe I, I'm not qualified. Maybe I, I don't have the, the ability to do this. Maybe uh, this thing, uh, there is no such thing as the, the, the antidote that I'm looking for. Maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe I'm just you know, uh, uh, not accepting things. Maybe I should just accept things. And you, so you're going to start having doubt. And if the passion from, it wasn't well established, then this doubt may overpower you. And you either become, you know, uh, you, the path becomes for you just a chore that you have to do because, you know, n- not that you started and then uh, if other people see you leave, then you, you're going to have shame. Or if now that you've started, you know, people are depending on you, they, they need to look at you to say, oh, he's still there, I guess I can stay too. Okay? <laughs> then it becomes just like that. Okay? And then it becomes that thing that we call, you know, uh, what, how, what's that term we call it? Huh? <laughs> No, not that one, not a cu- uh, uh, something else that we come up with. Why not? Okay. So, to not get discouraged, I, I think this is the, the worst kind of, of, uh, of situation to find yourself. I think it would be better to just leave it altogether. Okay. But to stay in it, and then you're not happy with it, to stay in it, and then you're, you're, you're dragging yourself. You're not, you're not making yourself happy, you're not making anyone else happy, you're not proving to others that they should stay in there. Okay. Actually, if it's uh, if you're doing something, if everybody's doing uh, something wrong, you're not helping him to find out that. Hey, by the way, we should all leave this. You haven't arrived at a point where you can prove it to others. Okay. But it's so. It will be easy to get to that point if the passion isn't really burning, fiery from the very beginning. Okay. So. With the passion there, then you begin. And if you're naturally devotional, then you can now uh, pray, beg the teacher for, for, for blessings to help you, to help you remove whatever it is, uh, 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 to help you become free of the habit that, that is strongly grasping to the wrong understanding of the true nature of reality. Okay. Then, first, the first finding, you have to find a palpable sense of what you call self, of what you sense to be self after you find this palpable sense of self, then you have to look at how do I view this? What, in what way do I think this sense of self exists? Okay? Now, this concept of what you think, this w- of the way you think this sense of self exists, that is ignorance. That's what you have to find. And then... Your, what is called the analysis, now the finding of wisdom, is, tr- is really not trying to you know, push it away from the very beginning. Oh, this is, not, this is not the way it is, push it away, and you're looking for the way it really is. You, you're really going to give this way of the self, the, sen- the way you think the self exists, you're going to give it its best shot at proving itself. That's the analysis. Okay, how do you say this self exists? And then you have a sense it exists this way. Okay, if it exists this way, let's examine it. Okay? And, then, and then this way 
that we think the self exists is, is what we find in the, in, by the masters as being we think it exists self-existently and what does that mean self-existently anyway so you have to really get to the, to the core of what is it that, that, that the masters has, have found within them that they are pointing to that say oh self-existent grasping you have to find out within you okay? and only then can you start looking can you start make, doing uh, med- proper meditation really on, on, on getting arriving at wisdom so the conclusion you draw about this, that's, that conclusion is wisdom. Okay. Now, the way uh, we've been uh, going so far is the meditation of uh, Chikdan Del. Chikdan Del is you know, one, many, uh, uh, same, different. Okay. So this sense of self, what is it that makes us mind? Or is it something different from the body? Okay. Now, so far, we've seen that when we're trying to do this uh, uh, analysis, since for the most part it is the mind of ignorance that is you know, m- mostly participating in this, it's going to quickly grasp onto something. So when you, when you, when you, when you, you must feel that sense of sameness with the body or with the mind, whichever, whichever might be stronger for you. But... At some time, at some point in your life, in your existence, you've, you've identified it as being with the body. You've identified it with being with the mind. You have to find that sense again. And it has to be very palpable. It has to be so strong that you feel that you're actually, you, you can actually show it to someone. That you can actually hold on to it. That sense of self and thinking the way it exists. That way that you think it exists. Okay? Now here's the sense of self. Very palpable. Very undeniable. Now, how does it exist? Okay. Then you go. You go on. Is, is it same as? Is it same? Is it different? Same as same as body. Same as same as mind. It's different from body. Different from mind. Okay. So, is there another way? Is there any? Is there another way that it could exist? Then, so you think these are the only possible ways that it could exist, and you and you examine that. Now. Uh, Last time we talked about a phrase that the Buddha used and that Master Nagarjuna uh, uh, rephrased and a lot in the, in the, is in the root text uh, the, on, on the middle way philosophy. You know, okay, here's the Tathagata. Here's the Buddha that, you, no, that's the Buddha talking to his disciples. Okay, do you see a Buddha here? Of course, we are talking with you and you're talking to us. There is a Buddha there. Okay, the Buddha that is, that is there that, you're, that you cannot deny is in front of you. Is it the body that you're seeing? Is it is it is mind? Is it the same as the body? Is it different from the body? Is it uh, something that possesses the body? Is it something that the body possesses? And it goes into these various modes of that you can think of. Okay. And then the thing is, what you the conclusion that you arrive at. And then this is the this is uh, so far for lack of a. a of a better word is you arrive at pure uh, mystery okay by pure mystery I'm not talking about where you arrive at on something else to solve you arrive at something by its very nature is pure mystery itself okay and that's where you want to get to and it will be like a sense of uh? you know it looks like it's definitely that 
But when you look at it, you don't see it. But you cannot deny that it's connected with that. So, when, when, the, when the Buddha sat on the throne and he was giving uh, teachings to his, to his disciples, did the disciples not see a body there? They didn't see a body to say, oh, that's the Buddha. Where's the Buddha? He's sitting over there. And were they wrong when they said the Buddha was sitting over there? And when they, were look, when they started to really look for the Buddha that is sitting over there, when they were really looking for the Buddha that sat over there, they couldn't find him, the Buddha. So that's the, uh, wait a minute, he's over there. But when I'm looking for him over there, I don't see him over there, over there anymore. He's in the mind. Then you start looking in the mind. Okay, let's look at the mind. It seems, it seems concretely now, since he's not over, over there, he must be, if he's not over here, he must be over there. Then you look over there, do the same analysis. If he's really over there, then let, let it be shown to me that he's really over there. Now, what, what are you going to arrive at when you, once you've examined all those possibilities? You're not going to get to a, a concrete positive, by positive I mean something that you can still point to. Okay? Now listen to this uh, next, uh, and this, this is the meditation on emptiness that you're asked to do when you, uh, have, a, when you have a strong sense of uh, affliction. Okay? And, you're, and, and you know, when, you're, when you're reading the, the, this, the, the, this wonderful text on, on emptiness, they say, what is the best antidote for an affliction? They say, meditation on emptiness. Okay? But it's not as, as easy as, as, it, as it appears, as, as, it, as it sounds. Okay? But, but once you have a good grasp of, 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 of the object, of what is the object of, of emptiness itself, or the object of the true nature of reality. Once you have a good grasp of that, then you can do your meditation on, on the affliction as an antidote to get rid of the affliction. Before then, if you try it, you can, you will, you might, you, there's a danger that you might either say, oh, since the affliction doesn't exist, it doesn't matter if I have the affliction. And that's the danger you might go into. Okay? Now, it's that sense of mystery. Uh, that, that you want to get to, okay? And then, after a while, when that, you're going to go for eh, to oh my God, okay? Because now, you're really seeing, you know, uh, uh, I guess what we call, what we in, uh, in the West, uh, uh, Western psychology call the ego, okay? That the ego is really looking at, wait a minute, that which I was convinced existed doesn't seem to exist. Okay? Remember, it's ignorance. The object that ignorance was con- is convinced existed. Ignorance, uh, now you're getting to wisdom, you see that it doesn't exist. And once you are approaching that, there's a sense of, oh, my. Okay? You feel that your, your entire existence has been, is turning uh, upside down. You feel that your entire, what was, was a nice cushion for you is now being removed. And they're not being replaced with anything. Okay? It's not like you doing meditation on the true nature of reality and you're finding out, oh, the true nature of reality is this beautiful light. And it's now this light that replaces your ignorance. Of course, you know, you, who not want to at least create it? Okay? You're not, you, you, there's nothing to replace it. Because you get, you're arriving at pure mystery. 
Okay. Now, uh, uh, Master Nagarjuna mentioned something very beautiful uh, analysis. Take the one who has the affliction and the affliction. Yeah, there's desire, and that's the reason I'm stuck here in, in samsara because of desire. And there is someone who is who is desirous, who is who is who is uh, uh, overwhelmed with desire, right? Because you know, I'm that's why I'm stuck in samsara because I get overwhelmed with desire, right? So there's desire, and then there's the one who is desirous, okay? And then you start to look at them, okay? Are they the same? If they are the same, then you have to get to the conclusion, what would that mean if they were absolutely the same? Then what would you, first of all, what would you talk about desire and then the desirous one? Okay, that's one thing. Are they different? Then you examine it. Are they different? Which one came before? Can you have the desirous one without desire? Huh? Can you have the desirous one without desire? No. Okay, you mean there cannot be a desirous one without desire? Okay, then. Then there can be a desire without the desirous one. So which one came before? There is, I mean, you, you, you have that sense of desire, and because of desire, I'm, I'm stuck in samsara. Because I'm a desirous one, that's why I'm, that's why I'm stuck in samsara. So if desire wasn't there before the desirous one, you cannot call the desirous one desirous one because there's no desire there to give rise to desire. So if, desire, if the one who desires is the one that gives rise, came before desire, then you're saying before there was desire, there was the desirous one? That the desirous one itself is what gives rise to desire? Then what are you arriving at? The thing is, it cannot be settled. This, this, this seeming contradiction that is in your face, when you analyze it, you cannot arrive at a, you know, a, a settlement. Okay? You cannot say, it would seem to be that one came before the other, and when you really analyze it, you cannot find them. You cannot find desire, you cannot find the desirous one. Why? It is the mind of ignorance that is holding on to desire and the desirous one. So the desire and the desirous one that you're holding on to is being held by the mind of ignorance. It's created by the mind of ignorance. Those things don't exist. And when you arrive at the lack of, of existence of either one of those, you arrive at a sense of freedom from both. So you can take, instead of desire, you can have another affliction. And that's how you, you, you will do meditation on an affliction as an antidote to free yourself from that affliction is to arrive at that sense of mystery. Now, if, you, if you're not being sincere and you intellectually believe you arrive at the sense of mystery, somewhere in your mind you might still be grasping onto desire, giving yourself a justification to grasp onto it. Oh, it doesn't really exist. I didn't really find it. And you're holding onto it. So what you're really doing is making an excuse to continue to have desire. That might be the danger of using this as, a, as a meditation, uh, an antidote to get rid of afflictions. Okay? That's what they mean by it's the most powerful one. Because you're looking at its complete non-existence.
And when your mind is looking at its complete non-existence, then your mind is free of the hold it has on you. Um, Hmm. Well, there's something else, but it will take a bit longer to, <laughs> to explain, to get to next time. Okay, we're going to go into. No, it, it's that sense of mystery that I want you to get to. Okay, uh, there it is. It seems to be there, and you look for it, and you can't seem to find it. That not finding it coming, coming what? Coming. You look for it and you come up empty. This empty that you come up with, that's what the Buddha was pointing to. Now, it doesn't mean nothing at all. It just means that that which you thought, that ignorant mind thought existed, never existed. So as to what you're going to be holding on to, don't worry about that. Okay, don't worry about that. Ah, let's see. Okay, one last thing. I mentioned last time. It's the, the wheel. Remember the wheel that, was, that is made by the, the torch? You have a torch, uh, you know, a piece of stick... With, a, with some sort of uh, flu, uh, fuel and you light it and you have, you have a, a torch and you start spinning it and what do you see when you spin it? Ring of fire. You see a ring of fire. You see a wheel. Right? Is there a wheel there? No. Yes. But when you really look for it, is there a wheel there? Mm-hmm. No. But is there no wheel there? Okay. So the self is just like that. Desire is just like that. The desirous one is just like that. And whatever you start looking, whatever you start looking at, you get you end up with the same thing as the wheel. Look at the torch itself. Where is it? Is it the speak, uh, uh, Is it the piece of wood? Is it the fuel? Is it the match? <laughs> but all these things seems to be necessary for it. But and there they are being presented to you, and they're not the thing that, that is appearing to you, really. So it's that, I hope I'm able to point to that, it's that sense of mystery, that's what you're looking for. And, and the danger of saying that's a sense of mystery, now you, your mind might go, oh, let me just create a sense of mystery, and whenever, I, you know, whenever I'm getting discouraged about my meditation, I'll just create that sense of mystery. Oh, I found it. I have that sense of mystery. Okay. It must be as, as palpable for it to be uh, effective as that sense of self before you even start analyzing it. Okay. All right, so that's it <laughs> for tonight. We're going to do a little bit of meditation. Okay. So it's get into your posture (coughs) 
make sure it's comfortable and that there is stability in the posture so you don't have to consciously hold the posture in place quickly observe five cycles of breath bringing your attention back to the heart center and strengthening your determination as to what you're going to do in this meditation session can either review or you can do the meditation on an affliction or just finding a sense of self
stay mindful of the calm and tranquil state you find yourself in while remaining in this tranquil calm state again embrace all beings look at their conditions have compassion for them and from within that state wish strongly that they be free of whatever troubles problems they are experiencing strongly wish that they encounter true happiness and make your wishing so strong it's like you are willing it to happen Bring your attention back to the breath. Staying aware of the breath. Become aware of the body again, starting with the top of the head and gently move towards the toes. Thank you very much.